0: show is on the air on this fine tuesday the sun is out it's warming up i love it love it we'll get uh some cameras back outside via tiki hut and such uh, later on maybe we should do the show out there this week since we're awaiting the uh the other uh, the other studio to get finished but uh just to look out back just to, below the surface windows here as uh as today is beautiful, today's nice. It's sunny. It's warm. I'm enjoying it. I was outside earlier today. Um, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Matthew says poor Andy Herman has caught a lot of Twitter grief for even mentioning the R word, the rebuild. Sometimes my fellow Packers uh, fans are overly sensitive. Uh, I would agree. Because, uh, now, I don't think that, I I don't think they're in a rebuild, to be honest with you. I just don't. But, I, I understand where Andy Herman is kind of coming from. So, he basically said that the Green Bay Packers are in a rebuild. And we talked about this yesterday, Ben. And your idea of a rebuild was tearing it down, you're going to lose for a a year or so, and then you start to build it back up, right? Correct, yes. Okay. Basically, he said, the Packers moved on from Rogers, Lewis, Cobb, Lazard, Reed, Lowry, and likely Adrian Amos and Mason Crosby. They signed Moore, Orzik, uh, they, quote, reloaded with 13 draft picks and only four players are on this roster over the age of 28. Instead of denying it's a rebuild, we should be impressed that they have rebuilt it and still could win the division.
1: I'm impressed that they rebuilt it? Oh, I, I am impressed in Gutekindst. I've made that clear. I, I, go through the names that the Packers got rid of again.
0: Uh, I just got rid of this tweet. Uh, but basically, Rodgers, uh, Lazard, um,
1: Crosby. Uh, let me go through this again. Cobb, uh, Dean Cobb. Lowry, Jerron Reed, Mercedes Lewis. I, I can't really hear an argument, aside from Rodgers, which is obviously the most important piece. I can't hear an argument that getting rid of any of those guys is a bad decision to win. Right. I would argue maybe um, in some cases. Here you go. They here, you are. go here you go.
0: Rodgers, Lewis, Cobb Lazard, Reed, Jerron Reed, Dean Lowry, Adrian Amos, Mason Crosby. They reloaded with 13 draft picks. Only four players on this team are over the age of 28. And instead of denying it's a rebuild, we should be impressed that they've rebuilt it and could still win the division. And over that tweet in the quote R word, he took a boatload of heat for it. Which I, right. I don't think they're in a rebuild, but but I, I get where he's coming from. When you look at those names, and those are all names we well, you know, maybe not you know Jaron Reed, but when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Dean Lowry has been here for more than a few years, Adrian Amos, who's basically been the stabilizing factor in the center fielder in the defense, and then longtime veteran drafted by the Green Bay
1: Packers, Mason Crosby. Those are some names. They're names, but they're old, and I would argue they're not very good, generally speaking. Like, I don't think any of those players would have been cornerstones and really significant difference makers for the 2023 team. They would just be veterans. They would be there. I
0: would agree with you. Uh, I Now, you take, again, yesterday, and we're going to get to your poll question because you posted I just asked a question over on Facebook, but you actually posted it, so I want to get to the numbers. But uh, you take Aaron Rodgers out of that mix. Mercedes Lewis is what? He's a big, blocking, maybe a possession-catching tight end, but they don't utilize him. Uh, Randall Cobb, the thing you can count on, Randall Cobb, uh, kind of a right-place, right-time guy. Came up with some pretty good – had a solid season when he was on the field last year. But, like we know, he's always going to have an, an injury that's going to keep him out three or four games. Alan Lazard, for the most part, a third or fourth wide receiver on most most teams. Runs a good route. Decent hands. Um, doesn't do anything overly dynamic. Jeron Reed, he was a big body up front sometimes made a play sometimes got completely pushed and wiped out of a play nothing spectacular Dean Lowry he had one good season and that was about the extent of it for the most part he was he was a, a a good affordable body Adrian Amos he's not a cornerstone but he ever since he took over in the secondary it's been he's been pretty calming back there he's been pretty good about uh, you know kind of being the center fielder Mason Crosby. Last year, put it back all together. From 40 and in, he was deadly. From 41 to 50, uh, I think he missed four out of five or four out of six or something like that. Um, But anything inside of 40, he was pretty deadly. And he didn't have the touchback ratio like many did in the National Football League when it came to kickoffs. So it was trying to put it in corners, and kickoffs were not necessarily the strong suit. Of the game. So in essence, you're right. There was nobody that you went, wow, they lost that guy. That's that's a loss. There's a hole there. The only guy I could say that to or about is maybe Adrian Amos because you didn't hear his name called. He basically did his job. Beyond that, there's nobody there that I'm that I'm saying to myself, wow, I can't believe they lost this guy. So when you move on from them and you replace them, or reload with them with 13 draft choices. Not, not of all are going to make the team, and who knows? But you you go from being an older team with an average age well over, I think 29, 28 and a half, to only now four players over the age of 28, and that's that's a that's that's significant when you talk about younger and faster which is one of the things that uh, Brian Goodikens alluded to, that he wanted to get more team speed. So now they have that. The only thing you're lacking with moving on from those seven or eight guys is now experience. And that's it. And you still have the possibility, should your kicking game go awry, that Mason Crosby could be waiting in the wings just to come in and start kicking field, field goals for you. But other than that, yeah, you're – you got you just basically got younger, but there's nobody there. To, and again, take the quarterback position out of it because that's the great unknown. But
1: there's nobody there you can't live without. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody who includes the name of a kicker in an argument that the Packers are rebuilding because they went to a younger kicker, like that, that just doesn't. I I love Mason Crosby to death. Don't get me wrong, but he's a kicker. You know, he's a yeah. he, he's an all time Packer. But there is a lot of waxing nostalgic that he's not at his locker anymore. It's like. I mean, it's not rebuilding your football team. It's like you drafted a new kicker. I would would say this. In my opinion, two of the things the team last year was worse at, and it absolutely crushed them, number one was defending the run, maybe fourth, third worst in football. They just could not stop the run when it mattered. You saw it against the Eagles, most notably. They crushed them. Mm -hmm. The other was situational offense, whether it's third down, red zone, Okay, so I use this for college football. If a guy enters the transfer portal, but he enters off a unit that wasn't good last year, then is it a big loss? Or is it maybe better to move forward with different guys in that position? Like I look at the run defense, which again, sucked last year. Okay, well, Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry are gone. And they were part of that not good rush defense. Then you can go also to situational offense, red zone, third down. And part of it is you have a tight end out there that's primarily blocking. So what do they do? They bring in two young tight ends, one of whom is a great athlete and can catch the other who, you know, uh, Tucker craft, probably good at, you know, the shorter yardage stuff, whatever. But you, you cut the weight of the parts of your team that weren't good infused it with younger talent. I I don't see how it's seen as anything aside from like a major retool. There's no way they're rebuilding this team. I think they're better.
0: I uh, to retool. Uh, you know, I mean, again, we're talking about the adjectives of what it is they're doing, and we're getting caught into the semantics of it, but I understand it. Uh, and, and this is what Gary says. Packers fans are just scared to death of their favorite team, quote, retooling, a.k.a. rebuilding. To me, rebuilding is you they would have traded back a lot, gotten a lot of draft choices. They're putting a lot of guys in a lot of positions. Um, and they didn't necessarily do that. They filled a couple of positions of need. They still have guys on this roster that are highly paid because usually when you start to retool or rebuild, you're getting rid of everything. You're getting rid of all the bad contracts. You're trying to get out from underneath stuff. You're trading guys away, and you're tearing it basically down to the studs, and they didn't do that. That's not a rebuild. That's basically getting younger. Now, in the, uh, in the uh, terminology of experience, absolutely. Absolutely. But tell me the starter. On a consistency you can't live without, and you can't do that. Mercedes Lewis, he was a rotational guy. Cobb, rotational guy. Lowry, wrote, eh, he was a starter, but you can do without. He wasn't. He wasn't overly impressive. We'll find out via again going back to you know your analogy, Ben. That if you're talking about a kicker, is it really really a rebuild? Maybe you you know back when the Bears got rid of Robbie Gould and they couldn't find kickers back when. You know, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings were going through kickers in big moments that cost them games. You know, we've all seen it where it takes a while to find a guy that can kick in your environment, kick in the big games, kick in pressure, has a big leg, has the ability to do all that you need him to do. But we're talking about a kicker. But kickers are points. Don't forget. I mean, those those, those guys are points. So who else is there? You know, a Low- uh, not Lowry, uh, Lazard. He was a starter, but, again, he was – you know, people talked about Lazard, and I never understood that when Devontae left, that, well, Lazard's going to take over the slack, and I'm – what are you smoking? Lazard's good, but he's not He's not that good. He's, he's not a one. He's not a two. He's a good route runner that, you know, maybe when play breaks down on third down, he'll be there. So you go through that whole laundry list of guys, there's nobody there that – you're getting rid of that you say I can't live without. Um, Jacob says, I have no expectation for the Packers. We have to see if Jordan Love is the guy or not. We don't, for, uh, don't know for sure we should know after the next season or two. See, my I do have a level of ex- expectation. I think this team should be on the cusp of 500. I think this team should be on the cusp of of the possibility of a postseason. And the reason why is because I think this defense is going to be a team, uh, uh, the side of the ball that's going to have to carry it. We've seen good defenses carry teams. We saw it in Baltimore. We've seen it in San Francisco. Good defensive teams carry teams. You don't have to be the highest scoring team in the league to be effective to get wins. And with – you know, even though two of them are hurt with eight first-round draft choices on this team, continuum of drafting defensive players, and as Goody put it, we've got good defensive talent. It's just a matter of putting it all together. In other words, Joe Barry, it's your job. That's your job. If you don't put this whole thing together now, you know, with two years of your second year Quay Walker, your second year Devontae Wyatt, a pro bowler and a guy like Devondre Campbell, a pro bowler. Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, one of the highest-paid corners and supposedly the best corners in the league, in Jair. You know, you've now got another edge rusher and Lucas Van Ness. Hopefully, Rashawn Gary comes back and he's he's uh, you know full strength, but still working himself back in. But that's fine because now you've got a second body you can rotate in with him. You've got bodies now up front. They drafted big. You know, it. This to me, it's more. On, uh, on, on, on Joe Barry than anything. I still say, you know, I'm, I'm on the prediction of about seven wins, but there's an expectation there to be fighting for a playoff spot, even if it's via wild card. Outside looking in, and we've had this happen before where as the season and as training camp gets here, you hear these good things about guys running around in shorts, and, man, this guy looks good, and, man, that guy has speed, and, man, this guy has hands, and, man, this guy can jump. And you you hear, and you really start to get that expectation. I think 10 or 11. I think 11 or 12. And it's like, whoa, slow your roll. I said, I've said all along I'm going to stick with seven, give or take. You know, you get a win or two, maybe you find yourself in the postseason. You get three additional, you make me look wrong, then you're probably talking about a wild card position. But that's my realistic expectation. But expectation-wise is based upon the fact that the, the defense needs to be the unit that leads this team. They need to be the tone setter on this team. Everything else then begins to fall in place. And the more bites at the apple you give the offense via turnovers, the more opportunities the offense is going to have to score. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey, uh, Hey, golf season is about upon us. And if you've got a UTV and ATV, the trails up north are open. If you want to go up and uh, start enjoying some of those, if you want to take the uh, the pontoon tours, go fishing, the waterfall tours coming up in June and July and August. If you want to go golf a little bit, maybe you just want to get away, you want to relax in the pool, the spa, have a few beverages, a great meal, and just take it easy for a weekend. Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. They are now hiring, by the way, and paid internships for the summer. Uh, you can send your resume to Wisconsin, uh, the 4 Seasons Wisconsin at com. Otherwise, get a hold of our girl, Barb, B-A-R-B, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Use the promo code Michaels, Michaels15, and they'll get you 15% off your stay. And their sister's... Uh Uh, uh, resort is Pine Mountain, Michigan, and uh, that is uh, Timberstone Ski and Golf Resort, and the championship course there at the Timberstone is fantastic. Go play that, so you can play the nine-hole executive at the Four Seasons, the championship one over at Timberstone, get a great stay at the Four Seasons, great getaway, one-tank trip right here in the state of Wisconsin or the UP. Again, call Barb, (laughs) 715-938-5110. This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin
2: Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: we continue on top of the hour nice day today talk a little brewers baseball a little packers football all kinds of stuff going on right now our buddy uh, kevin holden from cbs 58 in milwaukee joining us on the hotline kevin how you doing
2: bill it's all good man it's uh it we're, we're getting this uh this warm weather here I'm going to make an attempt to play softball tonight. If all four limbs make it through tonight, it'll be even better.
0: Well, first of all, good luck. Wear a helmet and maybe some body armor uh, because we know in the past you wouldn't need it. So there you go, first and foremost. Hey, um, you tell me about this uh, Brewers team because if we were talking earlier about what you would describe the Brewers season thus far as. What adjectives would you use? Uh, you see, The consensus seems to be up and down. Uh, 500 you know whatever you want to call it but that's kind of where where people are at uh, I, there's no consistency to it as of yet with some of the injuries it's a shame gary mitchell went down but give me your thoughts on the brewer's season thus far
2: yeah i think i think that the entire storyline at this point revolves around what's happened with injuries the fact that You've had Woodruff, and you've had, uh, you know, you mentioned Garrett Mitchell is just, a, I think, a big loss because I think he was headed for for great territory there as the Brewers center fielder. Uh, Hopefully it's not something where injuries are the definer of the season because it does happen to some teams uh, where you have the best laid plans and you've got good talent, and injuries just kind of knock everything sideways. I, I hope that's not the case. I've got to say to this point, I'm actually a little pleasantly surprised, though, across the board. I think the Brewers are a little better creating runs. I think philosophically they changed some things, uh, that you know, based on the new game and the new rules. That's helped a ton. Uh, finding consistency in the bullpen is going to be big, and there have been a few guys who've come through back there. So I don't know. I I, I think... The optimist in me is kind of out a little bit with this team. I feel like it could have been worse through 35 games, even though they struggled last week. How much do you
0: like the rule changes and the pace of play and the fact that uh, scoring is up throughout Major League Baseball? We went through some of the runs per game average for some of the teams that have not done well in the past. And you look at a team like Texas, you look at Tampa Bay, you look at some of these other teams that are their runs per game are not up just a little. I mean, they're up by a lot. They're up by almost two runs per game more.
2: And, and it's interesting that they've baseball has found a way to make scoring go up and time of game go down. Like, what a great combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball is, is kind of looking at itself in the mirror as it has the last couple of years and tried to figure out a way to, to change some things. And it, it's not just about bringing young to the game. That does help because you, you're talking about different attention spans and that sort of thing. But it's also just about... Keeping the game, uh, you know, the the downtime of the game from being an issue. Like, I learned it in spring training when we were watching these games. uh, You know, in the spring training, it's really easy to see the first pitch of an inning and pick up your phone and look at a couple of things and then look up and see the second pitch. Well, we did that in spring training. You know, the first pitch happened, and I I looked down at my phone, and the second pitch is on its way in, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Was that a strike? What happened there? So it's made – uh, as a fan it's made me get off my phone during innings I now have that rule when I'm watching a game I do not get on my phone during an inning uh, that's tremendous uh, to be honest you've you've knocked out one of the biggest distractions that you could possibly have and, and I've got a kind of a unique perspective from the games we do on Telemundo and it makes our Telemundo broadcast better it makes it more crisp man you know Spanish right. sounds better at double the speed you know what I mean <laughs>
0: So you talked about Garrett Mitchell in the injury. Um, The other Achilles heel that it's kind of rears its ugly head over the last, I don't know, 12, 15 games has kind of been the bullpen. And the bullpen. We were talking about, you know, because nobody's running away with a division. The Brewers are only a half game back. Nobody in baseball, other than Tampa Bay, is really running away with a ton of runs at this point. And I think, you know, by mid June, maybe to the end of June, the feeling out period for the rules, your rotation of players, your batting, uh, you know, your batting lineup on the consistent, all of that at that point, I think, will work itself out. We've always said mid June anyway, but I think this year it probably rings more true because of the institution of the DH, obviously over in the uh, national league as well so all of that i think is still working itself out would you agree yeah it
2: takes time it really does You're, you're talking about guys that that are by nature creatures of habit especially pitchers and you're asking those creatures of habit to change their literal daily habit their habit of the job that they do and it's it, you know, it's one thing to to get it down in a competent way. There's another thing to get it down in a way where you're successful, right? You, you learn to do something, then you learn to do it really well. And it's uh, it, so, yeah, this early part of the season for everybody has this huge adjustment period. That's a, a big thing that comes. And the bullpen, going back to what you were saying there, is of uh, special note, I think, in the next, say, quarter of the season to half of the season because – one of the things that I think is is going to take place as habits have changed, as pace has changed, I do think that injuries could come into play for pitchers who haven't been used to this kind of pace and they've been working at a quicker pace, not those that would get hurt right off the top. Uh, in other words, I'm not talking about Brandon Woodruff, but you know, you've got uh, other guys that, uh, that uh, you've know, played a quarter of the season and they've been throwing faster. That pace has been quicker. Um, you know, injuries are going to come into play. Depth is going to come into play, and that's where that that bullpen is going to be big. And I I have a feeling that the net is going to be cast far and wide if the Brewers are competitive. I have a feeling that if you get into June, July, August, and they're in the race, that Matt Arnold is looking anywhere and everywhere to fill spots and and change things in that bullpen because, you know, if he retools it and does it well, this team could be right back where it needs to be.
0: When you take a look at that, uh, you know, from the time Garrett Mitchell went down till today, and obviously struggling in a 12, 13, 14 game stretch in which they only won three or four ball games, can really a rookie, uh, it, for all intents and purposes, be that deflating? I mean, could you point to, to that loss and say, That was one of the key factors in this team going into a bit of a slide because we talked about the hater factor last year and the fact that he was really well liked and there was an energy about him and then it deflated the clubhouse. Can we look at the Garrett Mitchell injury and say, man, was that really one of the things that was a key to the to the deflation to the downslide of the Milwaukee Brewers for a short period of time?
2: I think if this year's Garrett Mitchell was on last year's team, you could absolutely have said it. Because last year's team had trouble putting up runs. And Garrett Mitchell is exactly the spark plug last year's Brewers had to have. Someone who's you know super young, super quick. I mean, one of the fastest guys in the game. And he was just, I, I think, it was electric out there in center field. I don't think you can say that about this year's team. And I think the reason is Joey Weimer, who is, you know, he came around last night with the three-run homer and the single, the RBI single uh and and plays a, a fine center field i don't think he's quite the defensive player that mitchell is out there but weimer has uh it's another young guy who's given the brewers another good option there you know in the in the middle of the outfield at a time where it could have been awful tyrone taylor you know dealt with injuries through spring training all through the first part of this season and i mean that, that could have been disastrous they there could have been just about anybody. It could have been asking somebody in Section One Nineteen to play center field. So that I think, I think it's a tough injury this year. I think it would have been devastating to last year's team.
0: Do we know when they, uh, Woodruff is going to come back?
2: Man, that's a real good question. I I don't know if they're comfortable setting timelines. I, I think they would would like to see this thing happen. You know, in this first half of the year. But the kind of injury that you're talking about makes me nervous, man. Like right. he's, I think the thing you don't want to see is is him make an attempt to come back in a week or two and then injure himself again and lose the whole season i think that's they i think they're hedging their bets on that front
0: who right now gives you confidence in that bullpen
2: well i i mean you know obviously devin williams is uh is, is that guy and uh he's he's still the you know the base of of what this bullpen is. I mean, without him, you're, you're not going to have a ton of luck. I think Craig council has a lot of confidence right now in stress, which is interesting. Cause I didn't know if that was going to happen. I, you know, my, th- this is the reason why I don't manage a baseball team. <laughs> Sometimes I get reads on guys and they are absolutely wrong. And I had this feeling that, all right, there's a, there's a guy that, that uh, I don't think is going to be trusted in high leverage situations. And he's being trusted <laughs> in high leverage situations. So, I think those those parts are good. I, I think Craig Council really was hoping that Hobie Milner would fill a a, a role in a bigger way uh, in 2023. But yeah, I mean, you started with you know with those two guys with Lecky and, uh, and and Devin Williams, and you've got two guys at least that can help you. You know, like they'll, they'll take care of stuff in the back end. Fill it out from there, man. Get me Aaron Ashby back. Get me somebody. But uh, yeah, there's going to be some some turnover, I think.
0: So, you know, after breaking all of this down, I mean, you're looking for, you know, Jesse Winker, obviously not having the big power season that we had hoped he would have uh right now in the dh position uh, you know you've get you're getting a little bit of offense here and there from a lot of these guys but nothing that's been overwhelmingly consistent and you know some of your best players are only hitting 260 so it's not like anybody's really burning up the base paths and burning up the home run totals and such so offensively where is this team right now do you ha- have is there a flow and a confidence because uh, we take garrett mitchell out of the mix and all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself where are these runs going to come from where is this excitement this enthusiasm going to come from or are you you know are, are you just saying it's a day-to-day thing i mean you get it from all over the board there's nobody there's no, because you need three consistent guys to really have a powerhouse offense and right now you just don't have that
2: yeah no, that's a that's a very good point you can you can count on at any one point maybe one guy or two guys to be in in that situation you know Contreras is a catcher. i think has, has has taken to his role and i think that's the biggest success of the matt arnold era to this point was uh, out of that hater trade eventually came Contreras, who is a good hitting catcher and a guy that can help in the middle of that order. He's a difference maker. Brian Anderson was terrific in the early part of the year, but, yeah, you're talking about a guy who can can you do that over the course of a full season, probably not to the same level that he did in those first three or four weeks. You know Adamas is going to be fine. I have faith in Rowdy Tellez. Uh, and then, you know, you just kind of have to, to build it out from there. But I think the other part of it is with the, with the rules changes and the differences in, in approach and philosophy and that kind of thing, the Brewers at times this year have created runs instead of sitting back and waiting for them to come to them. And I love the game that we did. It was a Telemundo game a couple weeks back where and, – and look, I'm not – I'm not old, old, old school baseball. I understand, you know, the analytics of bunts are are a whole different situation, but I saw Craig Council use the bunt twice and use it in in an effective way. Got a runner over both times, got that runner in both times. It's not how you're going to play all the time, but if you can do that when you need it, if you can do that when your offense is struggling or sputtering, it's the sort of thing that can help you bust out. And in the game I'm talking about, Joey Weimer scored – without the benefit of a hit. I think he was hit by a pitch and then sacrificed, and I can't remember how it went from there, but basically station-to-station station ball, and they scored the tying run without a hit. I mean, that's there it is, right? Like, you don't have to have somebody with 40 bombs you can get the run you need without a hit. So I think that plays a role, too.
0: Hey, real quick, uh, before I let you go, a couple things. Uh, first of all, do you have uh, a preference or an insight as to which direction the Bucks are going to go uh, for life after Budenholzer?
2: And it's, it's an interesting discussion because the Bucks at this stage are a unique job, a unique situation for someone to take over because they're not on the downside of anything. They had a bad series in the playoffs, but they're not on the downside of anything, right? But none of those players are about to retire. That, that group is young still, that group is really good, and they need the kind of coach that's going to you know, it doesn't have to worry about development. It's, it's time to, you know, take this, this horse that's ready to win and go make it win. So to me, it needs to be a coach who's won a coach who's done stuff. So Nick nurse comes to mind right away. Uh, there, there may be a couple of other names out there that, that work. I think nurse is the one that, uh, you know, that kind of stands at the forefront for me, but it's so divided because there are people who are extremely anti Nick nurse or extremely anti Frank Vogel or whatever. And it's, I don't think there's a slam dunk here uh, for the bus Nurse is my guy to this point, but, yeah, I – I don't know, man. It's a, it's a great job, but it's a high-pressure situation from day one for sure.
0: That That's my point is they, they kind of claim, they being, uh, you know, NBA and Bucks insiders, that you've got a, basically a two-year window, and there's the question mark as to whether or not I believe he's coming back, and I believe Giannis is going to stay here, but there's a question mark as to whether or not Giannis would re- return. So getting people to play with Giannis, changing up that roster a little bit, and bringing in a head coach, it's a ton of pressure but
2: the window is right now correct oh 100 you you they've spent so much time the bucks have assembling and putting together a a core that was good enough to win because for a while it was Giannis and how else does it run and now there, there are enough parts with the way Brooke Lopez played and the way Middleton has played with healthy these are basics right like they they've got enough to go in next year that you know despite what happened against the heat they've got enough to go in next year as a favorite to win the championship or at least one of them and it, so you just can't uh, you can't trust that situation to anybody you can't trust it i don't think to a first-time head coach i don't i think you have the potential for it to fall off the rails if you do that so yeah it's man it, <laughs> this is a this is a job with a very specific criteria i think so i, I don't know exactly who fills it
0: Kevin, always great, buddy. Be careful tonight. Stay safe. Don't break anything, and we'll talk again soon, okay?
2: That sounds good, Bill. My goal is all four limbs the next time we talk. I want them all attached to my body in the right places.
0: All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. There you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and uh, wish him the best because he has had more than a few accidents when it comes to uh, the softball field. That's for sure. Sad news out of the world of NCAA uh, basketball, men's college basketball, Denny Crum. He led uh, the men's basketball team uh, down in Louisville in 1980 and 86 uh, has passed away at the age of 86. He won 675 games with Louisville and uh, he, uh, he passed away today. So, uh, the Denny Crum court obviously named after him down in Louisville at the Yum! Arena but uh but that being said uh which was the old Papa John's Arena I think is in the unless it still is but uh Denny Crum passing away today at the age of 86 so uh let's do this we're going to step out we'll take a quick break we'll come back we got a lot more to get to Good stuff from our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS 58, hanging out with us a little while. Hey, our friends out there at Buzzard Billy's, they are in uh, on the uh, Pearl Street in La Crosse. And if you're talking about a great place to eat or just a really cool date night, good place to go to the Starlight Lounge, sit back at a 50-style cocktail lounge, get yourself some beverages, great place there as well. Buzzard Billy's has everything, a little bit of a Cajun flair. If you want to go sit at the bar, bring a bunch of friends, hang out at the table, get yourself some good uh, cold beverages, and just enjoy yourself a great place to even have outdoor seating during the summer months or uh, upstairs at the Starlight Lounge. Either place, you can't go wrong. Pearl Street. In La Crosse, Wisconsin, since nineteen ninety-seven. They've been getting it done. Thanks to our friends at Buzzard Billy's and the Starlight Lounge for being a big supporter of the Fisher House Motorcycle Ride coming up on Sunday, September third. Start spreading the word if you're a motorcyclist. We need you to be a part of it that weekend again, that Labor Day weekend, Sunday, September third, and we'll have more information on that as well. Stay tuned more of the Bill Michael Show. Right Ready. This
1: is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.